Hi guys, welcome to A Side of Homicide. I'm Austin. And I'm Tennille. So Austin, I know this is kind of a loaded question, but how was your week? It's It's been kind of rough, I'm not gonna lie. Um, uh, unfortunately, my grandma had passed away this morning, so I've just been kind of running back and forth to my hometown to see my mom and be there with my family. And it's been kind of rough, but you know, she's not in pain anymore. Yeah. And, but may she rest in peace. Yeah, but it's, it's still really tough. It is tough. It is. I feel for you. I lost my grandpa last year, so it's, mm -hmm. it's tough. I'm glad you got to say goodbye, though. Yeah. That's a good thing. I did rush there as soon as I heard, you know, she was on her deathbed. I rushed yeah. into town and, Said my goodbyes, mm -hmm. so that That's was nice. that was better. It made me feel better. Yeah. So yeah, last night we went out to dinner because I didn't want Austin to be home alone. So we went out to dinner um, with another friend, and then tonight I'm making him dinner, a pasta dish he likes. So I'm trying <laughs> to cheer him up as much as I can. And then you're going to a car show, so that'll be good. <laughs> it's like a hell, why not? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's good that you're going to get out of the house and not you know, being home alone. Yeah. How has your week been? I had a very busy week. Um, last weekend, I took my niece and my nephew to space aliens in the zoo. Too much kid time is all I have to say. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> well, then your sister asked why I wasn't there. I was like, number one, I was, you know, I'm working. Number two. Too many kids. I, too many kids. Yeah, too many kids. Too many kids. <laughs> At least there's food and there's drinks. That's all that matters. Yeah. That's so, true. and then I also had to replace my windshield because I got a, like a foot crack in it. It was awful. It was bad. It was so bad. So I finally got that replaced. And then this weekend, I have two different close friends visiting on two different days, and it's Mother's Day, so it's just a wild week oh, for me. Geez. Yes, but so that's why we're recording tonight, so I can hopefully start editing right away. Um, so yeah, that's about it, I guess. I guess we can get, get on to Tenille's true crime. Uh, <laughs> get on to Tenille's book recommendation of the month. Yes. So my book recommendation for May is Six Years by Harlan Coben. And like the last book I mentioned, I'm just going to read the back of the book, which is just a short summary. And it's, it's a good summary. So six years have passed since Jake Fisher watched Natalie, the love of his life, marry another man. Six years of keeping his promise to Natalie to leave her alone and six years of tortured dreams about her new life with her new husband, Todd. So when Jake comes across Todd's obituary, he can't keep himself away from the funeral. There he gets the glimpse of Todd's wife he was hoping for, but she is not Natalie. Soon Jake's search for the woman who broke his heart puts his life at risk as he uncovers the secrets and lies that love can hide. And I know that sounded a little cheesy. Yeah. I'm not into lovey-dovey books. That's not my thing. So you say. Um, this actually isn't. Okay. So I know the back of the book is, to me, is a little bit misleading because it's not really about their love story. It's yeah. about the mystery of what happened to her. Okay, okay. So it's super interesting. Another book that Austin's mom gave me. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to Wendy for like supplying the monthly books. She really does. <laughs> She's doing all the hard work. Yeah, this. and they're really good. So, so now we can... Get on to Tennille's true crime news. And before we start, I want to ask you what something that I came across. Oh, gosh. Um, on TikTok. Okay. I know you, if I send them in the group chat, you never look at them. No. So I'm Sorry. just going to show <laughs> this to you. It's this, um, but it has to do with zombies. Ooh, I like me some zombies. What the fuck is wrong with her? Uh oh. 
I went onto the girl's page who had posted it. It was outside of her window. Oh my god. She on some heavy drugs. So I was reading the comments on that. Now you guys obviously can't see this, but it's a girl who looks very zombie-like, has literally like three strands of hair, is holding like her organs. And she has one shoe on. One shoe, and she's like screaming. Bloody. Yeah. So um, I did look into some comments. Some people were talking about how it was like for a movie, but some people were talking about like, you know, maybe drugs or sex trafficking. So, or yeah. drugs and sex trafficking. Yeah. So, nonetheless, though, I, I wanted to show you that oh, fuck. because I have not seen it. Yeah. Isn't that freaky? That's freaky. Yeah. So, those kind of videos really freak me out. I know. I've watched it like 20 times today and I was like, oh my God, I hopefully it's the, the zombie apocalypse. Oh, <laughs> we would not. Okay. You know what? No, we would survive, but we'd have a lot of anxiety the entire time. I would break into a pharmacy and just take a bunch of Xanax with me. I mean, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll go. <laughs> okay. I'll go with. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so now we can get on to... Tennille's True Crime News, hosted by Tennille, not featuring Austin this time, but featuring commentary by Austin. Featuring commentary by Austin. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Did you hear about a woman that was arrested um, after driving over grave sites at her ex-boyfriend's funeral? <laughs> I heard something <laughs> about this. But like... You probably heard about it because it happened in Fargo. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) She's a delight. I screenshotted a picture of her and it's on social media. Oh my God. Um, There's also a rumor. We actually had, there was a Jesus statue that was kind of blackface. Yeah. Was it her? A lot of people believe it was her because she posted a selfie on her Facebook of the Jesus behind her blackface that night. And she was in the picture. So... Who knows? Could be her. Or she was walking by, but very suspicious. Interesting. So the woman's name is Blair Rebecca Witten. She is 28 years old and is from Barnesville, Minnesota. (laughs) Uh, She was planning to attend her ex-boyfriend's funeral. Blair was not wanted at this funeral, and one of her ex-boyfriend's family members had approached her vehicle and asked her to leave. After that, she went kind of crazy. Yeah. And she started driving erratically. Uh, she was arrested after she drove over several several grave sites and nearly hit two people. <laughs> so the father of her ex-boyfriend was interviewed, and he stated that he saw Blair drive 50 miles per hour across the grass. <laughs> she ended up being charged with a misdemeanor regarding reckless endangerment. I shouldn't laugh because, you know, this poor man's funeral, but that's a story that everybody's going to remember forever. <laughs> I just thought it happened in our town. I was yeah. like, this is very relevant. Yeah, that's... Have to talk about it. Yeah. Oh, fucking... Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> so... That's not one of my exes at my funeral, I swear. <laughs> I don't want to have a funeral. <laughs> so, uh, another story. This one is super strange to me. 91 people were found locked in a two-story house. 91? Yeah, 91. What? So in Houston, Texas, a search warrant was served on a home and police found 91 people locked inside the two-story home. Oh, what? It was a suspected human smuggling case. Jesus Christ. Five of these people had COVID. And thankfully, there were no children found inside. It was only five women and the rest were men. Holy fuck. They were all in their 20s and 30s and many of them were starving and unable to walk. Thing is, though, 91 people, how the fuck couldn't you get out? yeah you know like 
and who knows, maybe it was a smuggling case of like undocumented people coming in from somewhere else Yeah, and they had to stay there to get their documents or just something strange like that. You know, you never know. And it was just released. So I'm guessing they don't have a lot of information. Boom. There's our food. We're going to take a quick break. We'll finish the current true crime news and then eat. Okay. So my next story, (laughs) you'll like this one too. And I'm surprised it's not me. (laughs) A naked woman broke into the Girl Scout cookie building. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, did I comment you in that on Facebook? I don't know, but I figured that you knew about it because again, it was around here. Yeah. I was going to say, I think I commented you in it. You could have because... After I saw it, I'm like, this has to be in our current true crime. It has to be. Actually happened pretty close to us too, but this time it was in Grand Forks, North Dakota. It was on April 29th. Wow, is it windy outside? Jesus Christ. Even Leonard's like, what's going on? (laughs) At least the wind's keeping him occupied. Yes. Oh, he got scared. (laughs) Officers were on patrol and located a female named Elsabeth. It's not Elizabeth. Okay. So I think it's Elsabeth. Oh yeah. Okay. Elsabeth. Burns, who is 31, she's actually from Bismarck, North Dakota, and she was lying on the road, and she was naked, and she had minor injuries to her arms and her feet, and she was given medical treatment and then placed under arrest for burglary and criminal mischief. <laughs> was she just looking for cookies? I really don't know. They just know that she was the one who broke into the Girl Scout building. But I know those are, like, seasonal, so they they wouldn't always keep. Who knows what's in the Girl Scout building? True. Well, only the naked woman knows. I mean, legit. Now she does. (laughs) I don't know if she was intoxicated. I didn't look far enough in. I I didn't care. It was just funny. Just typical North Dakota. Legit. This is my last one for today. It's regarding a man who jumps to his death in a murder-suicide with his nine-month-old baby. Oh, my God. Yeah, sorry. I give you a few funny ones, and this one's just a dagger to the heart. Jesus Christ. So in South Australia, a man named Henry Shepherdson, who was 38 years old, had jumped from the Whispering Wall tourist attraction while having his daughter strapped to his chest. His daughter's Um. name was Kobe. Uh, She was nine months old. They both had died. Police did state that there was a history of domestic violence in the family. And according to court documents, Henry was actually charged with threatening to kill his baby a year ago prior to this happening. And he was also charged with violence against the the child's mother, too. Yeah. So just a shitty situation. Unfortunate end. Yeah. Right. And the baby is so cute. I, I, I'm i going to post a picture of the oh, baby and not of this douchebag. Yeah. Because the mom posted a picture of her and she's just so cute. Oh. Yeah. It's super sad. But I suppose we're going to go eat here. So we will be back with the main case. Okay. We are back from our delicious meal. Oh, my God. It was amazing. It was so good. It's like a, how do I explain it? Like a pasta. It's got pasta, marinara. Some veggies. Yeah, it's got cucumbers and onions and tomatoes. And yeah, it's just really good. Like ricotta cheese, mozzarella. Oh, it's really good. It was from HelloFresh. Yeah, it was delicious. Okay. So have you heard of this case before? It's actually about an actor named Johnny Lewis and then his landlady, whose name is Catherine Davis. I have not heard of this. So... After I found this out, <laughs> shout out to TikTok because I found this case on TikTok. Okay. Johnny's actual name is Jonathan, but he goes by Johnny. And his full name is Jonathan Kendrick Lewis. And he was born on October 29th, 1983 in Los Angeles, California. He grew up in North Hollywood and Sherman Oaks, which 
you and I have no idea no. where that is. It sounds familiar, though. Probably North Hollywood does. Okay. Sherman Oaks doesn't for me. Yeah, I don't know. So his parents' names were Michael and Devana Lewis, and his father was originally from Washington, D.C., and his mother was from Alberta, Canada. He was the middle child, and he had two siblings. Both of his parents were practicing Scientologists. Oh, my. Yes, and so was Johnny, but he did later end up leaving the Scientology church. Um, his father, Michael, actually worked at Valley Life Improvement Center, which incorporates Scientology into its counseling. Okay. I don't think Scientology is the greatest. Yeah. That's just my opinion. I don't know what you think, but... I don't know. I don't have a lot of thoughts in general, so... <laughs> So I'm just going to be honest. Like a golden retriever. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know what Scientology is, here's a brief overview. Um, I found it on Scientology.org. So it comes right from the source. Oh, my. And it is a religion that offers a precise path leading to a complete and certain understanding of one's true spiritual nature and one's relationship to self, family, groups, mankind, all life forms, the material universe, the spiritual universe, and the supreme being. Oh, my. Yes. Scientology addresses the spirit, not the body or the mind, and believes that man is far more than a product of his environment or his genes. Okay. And some of you might know Johnny through his career, which is acting. So his career really started taking off when he was about 16 years old. So I actually remember him from being on the movie Raise Your Voice. And I loved him because he was kind of that, like, dorky kid. Okay, yeah. That was really good, like, musically and everything. But, yep. like, it was just, it was a good movie as when I was younger. You know, I really liked it. Okay. Um. So he also appeared in a few Scientology training films, too. Yeah. And a few other appearances of his were on Boston Public, The Guardian, American Dreams, Underclassmen, Quintuplets, Drake and Josh, The O.C., Smallville, Magic Valley, and Sons of Anarchy. And he did appear in more roles on TV. I just didn't mention all of them because we could go on and on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he obviously did have a really good career going for himself. Um, I have not seen Sons of Anarchy, though. I've heard it's amazing. I've heard a lot about it, but yeah. I have not seen it no, either. No, me neither. We should watch that. <clears throat> we really should. So as to Johnny's dating life, he actually dated singer Katy Perry uh, from 2005 to 2006. Two of Katy's songs are rumored to be about Johnny. They are from her album Teenage Dream, and they are called The One That Got Away and Circle the Dream. Oh, my God. I love The One That Got Away. Me, too. It was. It's a good song. So later on in 2009, he was dating another actress named Diane Marshall Green, and they ended up having a daughter together, Kala May, and they broke up but did attempt to live together just to raise their child, you know? Yeah. And it was short-lived, though, and Johnny ended up moving out, and they actually ended up having a lengthy custody battle between them. Ugh. Yeah, which that sucks. Yeah. So on October 30th, 2011, Johnny was in a motorcycle accident, so he had actually been rounding a curve at about 60 miles per hour and crashed. And it stated that his head took most of the impact. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I don't know if he was wearing a helmet or not. I couldn't find out. People weren't did really commenting on it. He did. Okay. Well, obviously. But I yes, mean. He did. So maybe he was. But still, I mean, even if you do have a helmet on, your head can get hit mm -hmm. real hard. And the hospital staff did actually check for signs of a concussion. But his results came back negative. Really? Yeah, but okay. they also said, like, hey, you should get an MRI yeah. just in case. So the hospital staff did check 
for like signs of a concussion, but the test did come back negative, which is good. Yeah. They recommended that he did have an MRI just in case, but Johnny refused. Really? Which is odd because it's like he obviously has money. Yeah. Like, I was going to say they're expensive, but <clears throat> money, yeah. Yeah, money's not a problem for him. I mean, he's an actor. He, you know, starred in pretty big things. So yeah. he should be doing okay for himself. Interesting. Well, and his dad even encouraged him to. So I think if it was a money issue, I bet his dad would have helped. Right. But again, Johnny refused. Um, his dad actually scheduled a second appointment for him. Yeah. For an MRI because he really wanted Johnny to go. He didn't. Really? Yes. So it's often mentioned that untreated head injuries can be a very serious situation. And immediately after this accident, his thinking and behavior took a serious turn for the worse. And his family and friends both noticed that change. Yeah. After the motorcycle accident, Johnny began getting in trouble with the law. And this was the first time that he was getting in trouble. Yeah. Which is kind of strange for just all of a sudden. Right, right. Especially at how old was he? He was 27 and 28 when he started getting in trouble. Okay, so, like, why start now? Right. Normally it happens, like, you're a troublemaker from, like, a kid, you Right, know? yeah. Just odd. Or, like, <clears throat> if you got into drugs, I could see. Right. You know, that taking a toll on your personality and changing yeah. things. And but he wasn't? I had conflicting reports. Some okay. said that he was because he was in that, like, actor scene. Probably smoked a know. little weed. Yeah, and who cares, right? Yeah. If it's just weed, Name who cares? anybody. And I'm sure he probably drank, but again, when you're an actor, you go to a lot of parties. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I could see him getting drunk sometimes, but again, I think that's kind of normal. Yeah, and that's not going to make anything drastic change mm -hmm. in your life. No. In one of the instances on January 3rd, 2012, Johnny broke into an empty apartment because he claimed that he heard cries of distress. Like that? Hugh Leonard. <laughs> Leonard's cries of distress. <laughs> Literally. I think <clears throat> he probably heard a dog outside and ran to the patio. Fair enough. Two men had actually arrived after Johnny broke into that apartment. And Johnny hit the two men in the head with a glass bottle. Oh, jeez. Yeah. It just kind of escalated. They had started fighting, and one of the men hit Johnny in the face 14 to 17 times. Holy fuck. Isn't that a lot? This could cause more head trauma on top of that motorcycle head trauma, which could be really bad. Yeah. And the two men ended up restraining Johnny and held him down until police arrived. Oof. And even though Johnny claimed self-defense, he was charged with assault with a deadly weapon. Yeah. Which I could see because it was a glass bottle, unprovoked. And trespassing and burglary and was sent to jail and then to a psychiatric ward. After this happened, he did attempt to take his own life by slashing his wrist. Yeah, so clearly he was not in a good mental state. Right. And obviously the psychiatric ward didn't help after going to jail. Yeah. Like it just didn't, which right. sucks. So on, on February 10th, 2012, he was arrested again after punching a man outside of a yogurt shop. And he ended up being released on $20,000 bail. Then a few days after this, he walked fully clothed into the ocean in Santa Monica and then was hospitalized for hypothermia. Oh, oh. Yes, you can just tell he is losing There is his mind. something not right no. there. So there was another instance when he also was arrested for battery, and the victim's name was Shirley Wendell. He ended up being charged with assault, battery, and resisting arrest, and served 12 days behind bars, and then was placed on probation for three years and was ordered to stay away from Shirley. Oh, geez. Johnny was also accused of breaking into a woman's home as he claimed he thought it was his friend's place. And he was charged with burglary and loitering. Okay, but why would he break into his friend's place at the same time? No idea. Okay. Guessing he was just trying to find an out. Yeah. 
And he pleaded no contest to that. His attorney even stated that his client suffered from psychosis and that clearly it did impede on his judgment. Yeah, that's true. It is. And I mean, everybody's noticing it now. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure, you know, the media was picking up on this because he was an actor. Right. His family and friends noticed. His attorney noticed. Obviously, the court noticed. A court ordered him to be transferred to a treatment center. So he was taken to Ridgeview Ranch in Altadena, California. Okay which was a facility for mental health, alcohol, and drug-related problems. And obviously, he went for the mental health issues. Mm -hmm. It was stated that Johnny suffered from mental health issues, and doctors did prescribe him drugs, which were Zyprexa and Abilify. Okay. I'm just going to go with that. (laughs) Both of which were used to treat schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. And he would pretend to take the drugs, but then would hide them in his mouth and spit them out later. (sighs) Johnny ended up being released from a Los Angeles County, California jail on September 21st, 2012. When he was released, he decided to check into Los Feliz Hotel in Atwater Village for one night. The next day, his father picked him up and they went shopping for some new clothes. And then Michael, which is his father, had set up a rented room for Johnny um, from Catherine Davis. And she was actually known in Hollywood for operating the writer's villa which was a bed and breakfast for like up and coming performers, directors, or writers. And it was at her home. Okay. Johnny had actually rented a room from her in 2009. So Michael thought the villa could be a calming influence Mm -hmm. and would would help steady him from, you know, all the months of chaos that was going on. The funny thing is like Catherine was still doing this and she was 81. Girl, she's still chasing that bag at 81. You get it, girl. So most people called her Miss Kathy. Oh, I know. So a little bit about her. She was from Texas and she had moved to California in 1950. She attended the UCLA and worked at various publishing jobs before she married James H. Davis. She gave birth to a baby girl in 1958 named Margaret Leslie Davis. And then they purchased a house in Los Feliz. By 1980, she was divorced, so she decided to start a career as a real estate agent. She also decided to open her home to up-and-coming performers, directors, and writers, and then started her bed and breakfast. On September 26, 2012, Johnny was at his rental property, and his neighbors had called the police because they actually witnessed Johnny attacking people next door. What? Yeah. And the neighbors also heard Catherine screaming. Oh! Miss Kathy! Miss girl. I know. And according to LA Meg, the neighbors also witnessed Johnny jump over a fence next door. And then he assaulted a house painter at a neighbor's home. And then the homeowners, Dan and Gloria Blackburn, were home at the time. And they saw it happen. What? Yeah, they saw Johnny attack him. So they witnessed Johnny attack and he was hitting the painter with his fists. So he didn't have a weapon at this time. Okay. The poor painter's face was covered in blood, though. So obviously he was doing some damage no matter what. Dan stepped in and pulled Johnny off the the painter and yelled at him to stop. And then Johnny hit Dan in the eye and he was knocked to the ground because he was in his seventies. I'm shocked he even went out there to try to save the painter because he was in his seventies. Dan then got up and punched Johnny in the temple and then hit him with a chair. Oh, okay. (laughs) You go, Dan. Yeah, I got it. Dan stated that Johnny didn't have any emotion, but the chair did stun him. And then that gave Dan, Gloria and the painter time to escape to the house Johnny got his bearings back and tried to go after them, but they barricaded the door. So Johnny couldn't get in. Okay, smart, smart. So after that, um, they all witnessed him jump back over the fence to where he came from. 
So by this time, police had arrived, obviously, because things were going kind of crazy. Right. Uh, they actually found Johnny dead in the driveway. What? Mm-hmm. He'd either fallen or jumped from Catherine's roof, garage, or patio and died of head trauma. And he had to go, like, head first. Really? Yeah. And so he was found lying face up and lifeless. And it was noted that his left eye socket was caved in. His skull was smashed just to the left of the center. And they believe he died instantly. Oh, my. His death was ruled accidental and not as a suicide. He was only 28 years old. <sighs> Which, like, that's just such a sad situation. Because, like, obviously people knew this wasn't the true Johnny. Yeah. Like, that head injury had to play a right. huge role <sighs> in this whole entire situation. Right. And so many people noticed it, too. And they did try to get him help, though. That's the thing. I mean, his parents tried. His friends tried. Yeah. But that's the thing, though. His attorney tried. Like, they have to want it. Mm-hmm. And when you have head trauma like that, though, how how do you want it? You know what I mean? Yeah, you right, realize, right, exactly. It's like you know? trying to get them to, you kind of have to work with them in a weird way. Yes. The police also found Catherine dead inside her house as well. <gasps> Miss Kathy. Not Miss Kathy. No. <sighs> she also suffered severe head injuries, and it was later determined that Johnny had killed her by manual strangulation and blunt force trauma to her head with a hammer. <sighs> this is going to kill you also okay he also killed her cat jesse no i know no 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 absolutely not i know so what did the cat do when i post that episode it's miss kathy holding her cat jesse because they're both victims no the kitty was found dead in the bathroom the police found blood on her bed frame and on her wall table and chair and according to the coroner's office the medical examiner, Kelly Blanchard, said that Catherine had fractured her entire skull and obliterated the left side of her face, leaving her brain exposed. Oh. Brain and tissue matter were seen on the floor around her. Her face is covered in blood. Her nose was split down the middle and her upper jaw is split open. Ooh. So he did some freaking damage. Yeah. And there were also four small puncture wounds on her left cheek. Most likely from a mechanical pencil that was found <gasps> nearby. <sighs> I know. I don't know why, but that grosses me out like a lot. Yeah. Just <laughs> mechanical pencil. Like that's a lot of force <laughs> to get that to like puncture. Not the, the murder or anything. Just mechanical pencil. Holy <laughs> fuck. Like, oh my God. <laughs> so Johnny's autopsy was released on November 29th, 2012. And he did not have any drugs or alcohol in his system when he died. <sighs> the head trauma being yeah it's the definitely issue. related it is also stated that he suffered partial strangulation and a fingernail marks were on his neck when he died and obviously that could have been from the fighting that he yeah. you know he fought with multiple people that's true so and according to christopher geiza or giza md a pediatric neurologist and neuroscientist at ucla brain injury research center he states some areas of the brain are particularly prone to traumatic brain injury. If you have an injury in the frontal lobes, you can have significant changes in behavior, irritability, impulse control problems, and to the extreme end, violent outbursts. Mm. And in this case, violent outbursts. Yeah. So I'm going to end this case with just a little bit more about Miss Kathy. Yeah, please. She had been called a Hollywood legend and a near saint to struggling actors, and she was always caring and opened her rooms to home them. Mm. And it was said that she worked tirelessly to make her tenants' lives better and 
felt that their jobs should be specifically focused on just being an artist, yeah, nothing else. Right. And according to LA Meg, if a pitch or audition went poorly, Miss Kathy would be there with open arms and homemade tamales. Oh, I know. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. So she just sounded like such a sweet and caring lady. Yeah. So, I mean, both ends are very sad. I mean, it's sad that Johnny ended like that. Right. And it's sad that Miss Kathy ended like that. Yeah. I've never heard of that, though. I mean, like, that's it's really interesting, but that just shows, too. Like, you know, some serial killers have had like traumatic brain injuries as a kid Mm -hmm. and it really changed who they were. And a lot of people believe that was why they turned out the way they did because it can have such a severe effect. Right. And I could see that too, especially on the frontal lobes, you know, like even that doctor mentioned. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's scary. Yeah, absolutely. But I guess that's all that we have for today. So we can move on to our dog and cat fact. Uh, Tanil, you can go first because I am Googling at the moment. (laughs) So 87% of dog owners say that their dog curls up beside them or at their feet when they watch TV. Oh. Yeah. And Leonard's definitely one of them. He does both. He curls up in my lap or by my feet. But he does this thing that Austin hates where he has a rawhide (laughs) and he'll bite the rawhide and the blanket that you have on. And uh, it drives Austin just insane. It drives me fucking insane. I'm so used to it because he's done it since he was a puppy and I literally don't care. But like for Austin, it just, it's a major pet peeve for you. Oh, it pisses me off. I I literally want to leave every time he does that. Yep. So (laughs) my cat fact today is, so, cats purring may be self, a self-soothing behavior since they make this noise when they're ill or distressed, as well as when they're happy. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so they can purr when they're sad or distressed or when they're happy. Wow. That's kind of interesting. More commonly when they're happy, though. Yeah. I would like to say happy because Max purrs when I pet him sometimes. So yeah. So, I'd like to say it's No, really he's happy. always happy. <laughs> Trust me. I love Max. He's he so has sweet. no stress in his life. But he's the sweetest little thing. He really is. I love my, I'm proud of my little boy. Yeah, he's so cute. But But I guess that's all we have for you guys today. So if you want to follow us on Facebook at. A side of homicide. On Instagram at. Side of homicide. Or email us at. Side of homicide at hotmail.com. And if you'd be so kind to leave us an Apple podcast review, we would love you forever and also give you a shout out on our next show. We love you. Stay paranoid. Stay paranoid. Bye. Bye.